Good evening, everybody. It's Ryder Carlton Holden coming to you guys with today's episode. Uh, today, I have a very special guest who is gracious enough uh, to share her story uh, as a clinical uh, psychology uh, master level um, and also her story as a foster child in the system. Um, I guarantee you guys that you will enjoy the insight, the insight that uh, Miss Latasha Brown will bring to, to the, tonight's episode. Um, I like talking about different topics. As you guys know, I always bring it from a writer's standpoint, but uh, at the same time, I do love to entertain and focus on my special guests. So again, guys, I would like to introduce to you guys, Miss Latasha Brown, a good friend of mine. Miss Latasha Brown, please say hello to my audience. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is having a good evening. Awesome. Very good. All right. So um, if you would, Latasha, just go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about, again, your uh, specific title uh, as uh, in, in clinical psychology. And um, and we'll get get going on today's topic. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you got the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I actually have my bachelor's as well in psychology, and I have a master's in clinical psychology with some extra classes on sex therapy. I have been working in the field now for about seven, eight years. Great. Great. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Sounds good. And just to begin, um, I'll tell you, I, I know uh, just to start on the sex therapy part, um, mm-hmm. I, I in my books, I've talked a lot about, I, I do have sex scenes uh, because just to make it realistic, I mean, that's just something that people, something that people do. Uh, today's episode, I will be focusing on married couples, um, but um, in my books, I do have the typical uh, sex scenes between uh, couples, uh, especially, and let's say in my book, Stand Up on a Leash, which is which is about a comedian named Wilder Frank, and uh, he has a uh, girlfriend in his life who he, he ends up marrying her, um, and you know at the same time, uh, he also ends up uh, cheating behind her back, uh, but the other girl wants no part of it. She's actually his ex-girlfriend. Uh, she wants no part of it. Um, and so, uh, later on, I will ask you about that. I have a question that just popped into my head, but just to begin, uh, Tasha, tell us the definition of sex therapy. What is that all about? Okay. Well, As soon as you, as soon as someone hear the word sex therapy or sex therapist, a lot of times they are under the impression that a sex therapist is going to come into the home and automatically teach people how to have sex. Okay. Got it. <laughs> that is not what we actually go to school for. Okay. A sex therapist, we actually learn how to be able to um, help individuals that have been, uh, you know, molested. Okay. Or raped. 
and to be able to cope and deal with the you know the tragedies and that comes be behind that once that is done at any age okay got you got mm-hmm. you so uh and i in my research for the interview i found out it's like going it's like going to any kind of mental health uh specialist is that correct that is correct okay very good that's you know and i i found out also what sex therapy is not it's never a situation where uh you would be watching your clients have sex in front of you or or you would engage in any uh, type of sex with them that's not what sex therapy is that is not what sex therapy is yeah no, we're just going go ahead and i i noticed uh i i really noticed that in a couple articles they went out of their way to make that plain and clear that that's not what sex therapy is no, uh you know it's not what we do exactly so we we'll go ahead and let's get that yeah. misconception out the way right now that's uh, not you're not yeah, gonna definitely out the way yeah so very good thank you so much um but and so in what is again your area of specialization i saw online that you have you know the marriage family therapists uh the clinical psychologist uh clinical social worker psychiatrist once again uh, let's go into a little bit more depth about your special specialization area Okay, so a clinical psych- in clinical psychology, we actually cover a wide range of different specialties, like marriage counseling. Uh, we can do uh, group therapy, individual therapy. Um, we actually work. We can work with individuals that are um, have substance abuse addictions. Okay. Um, so it, so depending on what you go to school for determines your you know your specialty okay like a counseling psychologist a counseling psychologist can pretty much do the same thing as a psychologist can pretty much do the same thing as clinical however um they actually have to take additional courses to be to work with marriage married couples okay gotcha Got you. So, so we kind of, you know, it's a we have a wide range of things we can do as a clinical in the clinical field. Got you. So that's awesome, awesome. I I can respect that. So basically, uh, what I get from that is that uh, working with married couples is it requires a special kind of expertise, a wider, a broader range of expertise. Am I right about that assessment? That correct. All right. Is- sounds good. And so I'm sure you enjoy the flexibility of uh, being in the clinical side. Is that right? Yes, that's what made me choose clinical. You know, after yes. I researched um, the different um, specialties, I felt like clinical would be more for me because I can have a wide range of being able to do different things to help people. Okay, very good. So this is what uh, I want to go back to uh, my my reference earlier to one of my books in the cheating mm-hmm. uh now wilder, wilder was married to uh his girlfriend who, who who he dated you know just for a short while uh you know in my book uh just to clarify that again i'm talking about a fictional story but we know that in real life people do cheat and commit adultery uh mm-hmm. so uh tasha as a 
you know, in your field, what will be your assessment as to why uh, people cheat and commit adultery on their wives or or vice versa? What what what's the what kind of uh, if I can pick your brain just for a minute here, uh, get some, you know, free counseling for everybody. Uh, what why do people do? Why do people cheat like that? What 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 is the assessment of that? You know, uh, Mr. Holden, a lot of people find cheating normal, believe it or not. Okay. Um, I I am a, I, you know, from working with people for so long in that area. Yeah. A lot of times we, a person are, becomes a product of their environment. Okay. If they saw their parents doing it. Okay. And it was no repercussions and it was no lesson on this is wrong. Right, right. A lot of times that they feel like it is the normal thing to do. Okay. And so you become conditioned. Okay. Um, a lot of times too, um, individuals can also have a sex addiction. Okay. Just like if you are on drugs. Right, right. And so in their mind, they are really just trying to, um, I guess, resolve that itch in a sense. Okay. And a lot of times, you know, people with sex addictions require a little bit more loving. Okay. That a lot of times the spouses can't give. And so in their mind, again, they don't really see themselves as being cheaters, but it's just a person on drugs trying to get that fit. Got you. That, that, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Makes so much sense. Yeah. So, it, 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 so it's, it's about really, you know, talking to the couple and finding out, you know, the first domino. What happened when you was growing up? What you saw when you was, you know, growing up, so to speak. And Got so it. you can get to the bottom of the issue. Got, and, I, and thank you. you. You read my mind because I, I was thinking just that, you know, um, in, in solving any issue in life, we have to get to the root of it. You know, mm-hmm. we got it. And so you hit the nail on the head. Thank you for share, for saying that. Uh, and, and that shows, you know, the usefulness of your field. You know, you, you, again, you have to, instead of judging a person, I'm sure you, ha- you have to be totally objective. Am I right? Oh, yes. I mean, you, you, oh, yes. yeah. How, how? Like even when I'm working with the married couples, yes. you know, I prefer to speak with them separately at uh, first. Okay, okay. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in it's two sides to a story. Yes. And so, and a lot of husbands, believe it or not, that's why they, it's hard for them to go actually see a counselor. Okay. Because they be under the impression a lot of times that the counselor is going to automatically be on the wife's side. And mm. that's not always the case. Got you. Gotcha. You know, so that's why I always try to, you know, see them separately to get, you know, hear their point of view and what's going on with them. Yes. And then I bring them together and try to work it out. Okay. That mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. I like that. Because I guess it's like, it's like uh, interrogating somebody at, at at a police station, you know. Uh, if they're, if you know that they're friends, um, you know, likely they're going to stay on each other's side you know if they can stick together they're going right. to do that but if you separate them you're more than likely to get to the truth the, uh, versus doing the opposite so uh which uh this takes me this is what i wanted to focus on next you know the problem areas like uh you know i 
I was looking up again in my research for the interview with you, uh, just the different problem areas that you deal with. Uh, like, you know, some people have stress or anxiety about sex, um, lack of sex drive, arousal, uh, the addiction that you talked about, uh, the trauma that you mentioned, like rape, you know, um, and, you know, and you and I talked about that before we got on and then, or even something like painful sex, um, you know, trouble with your, your body image, um, certain life circumstances, uh, that may like having a child, you know, that, that may, you know, disrupt things, shake things up a little bit. Um, maybe some type of new sexual activities that one partner wants and the other one does not, uh, which can lead to dissatisfaction. My last point. So I said all that to get to my question, what, which of these, if any, are the, like the most typical problem areas that you find yourself, uh, troubleshooting in a marriage? Um, you actually hit it on the nose when you the, the, when you was uh, referring to the body image. Okay. Um, a, a lot of women, um, you know, after they have kids, you know, sometimes you know they may gain you know a little bit more weight. Okay. Than what they're used to, and they start feeling unattractive. Mm. And so, and you know, with them already feeling unattractive, you may have that, you know, that spouse that's saying you know constantly telling you like when are you going to lose weight when are you going to try to lose that body weight when are you going to do this when are you going to do that right and right so add more stress okay and so um and of course you know if you're not feeling uh, sexy if you're feeling like your your spouse is not turning you on right. the desire to have any type of intimacy is going to go out the window got you you got know you. so what couples need to understand is i mean i understand honesty you know, it's good in any relationship, but you have to also take in consideration of the person's feelings. Got it. And that's what people do. You know, they automatically go to the, you know, the punching. Yes. Bag. Instead of really sitting down saying, would I want someone to say that or do that to me? Right, right. You know, and um, because there are men out there that has the same issues body-wise. They go through the same thing as women. Got it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't assume that because they feel like, you know, they look at men as, you know, hardcore and nothing bothers them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and, and society <laughs> society molds us that way. You know, just it it molds us that way somewhat. Yeah. But not yeah. not to excuse it though. It's it's still right. so I I've yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely important to to uh, you know, when you're making any type of, you know, um and when you want to talk to your spouse, put yourself in your spouse's place before you go and question them on things that you know may be hurtful. Got it. In any area other than intimacy. Right. You know, and find out what your spouse likes. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, and, that, and that's another area that I come into sometimes where, uh, you know, their husband don't say, I love you. Okay. You know, and um, and that you know, and that can cause a woman to you know feel unloved, unappreciated, un- unwanted, and that could lead to depression and anxiety. Okay. And usually, what follows with depression and anxiety is the intimacy. A lot of times, will stop. Mm. You know, so um, it's it's just I feel like you know communication and talking to your spouse and finding out what your your spouse likes. And, yes. 
you know, and uh, that will help in a lot of areas. And, you know, I tell you, um, in my own, um, you know, in my own efforts to improve my dealings with women, um, I've, I've seen these videos that talk about uh, the what's your love language? Have you heard that before? I have. Uh, you know, some people like touch. Some yeah. people like words of affirmation. Uh, some people are like charity, gift giving. Um, and then also, what I, I think the fifth one was like, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't remember the, the fifth one. There was like, I think there were like five different love languages. Mm-hmm. And so um, that goes along with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication is communication. It's everything. You know, it's, um, you know, you have to have that. And I think, you know, with, and I like to, um, in my, with my characters in my books, when it comes to men, uh, it, it takes a certain amount of effort for me, even as a man writing it, uh, to show affection for a woman. It's, it feels out of my comfort zone as a man. Uh, and, but that, that goes along with what you're saying, you know, and I've heard this many times before, Tasha, is that, uh, we men, um, we tend to focus more on what we see mm-hmm. in a woman. That's our focus. And we we want to get to the act of sex more so than the women tend to enjoy the foreplay. Mm-hmm. You know, the the like you said, the 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 cuddling, the the words of affirmation, the you know, the I love you, you know, the you know, I, I just I just don't, you know, I just you you mean the world to me, you know, those types of things, you know, that that goes a long way. Yeah. In a lot of my sessions, I always, you know, challenge my, you know, couples like, look, you know, work on this when you get home. Yeah. Make love. Right. Mind first. OK, wow. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. And when you make love to the mind first, everything else will fall in place. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so profound. You have to learn the mind. That's a, again, that's a communication. What do you like? What do you like? Let's let me touch this and see what that'll do, or let me feel this, or let me put this on your body and see what happens. Right. You, know, you have to learn the mind, understand the mind, and then everything else will fall in place. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. That's pretty deep. I'll, yeah. That's um. That's a powerful statement. Yeah. But it makes you can make a woman feel good by just making love to her mind. Trust me. <laughs> the other stuff. <laughs> oh wow! I noted, noted. Well, that's noted. Uh, <laughs> wow! Thank you for thank you. Uh, and and I love the fact that I'm talking to a woman. You know, yeah. before you are a sex therapist, you are a woman. You know what it's I like to woman, be a and I woman. All women like different things. Right. That's why it's- very important for the man to get to know what that woman like. Right. Don't try to do the same thing you did with the ex or the previous or whatever. Right. Get to know what that woman like first. Right. You know, right. you can't do the same stuff. We don't like the same stuff. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Well, and yeah. we're all unique. Um, we're all unique. And that's, uh, <laughs> what was that now? Definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know, you have to get to know that man. Yeah. Well, you have to know what it's going to take to please that man. Absolutely. Got you. And, uh, 
and that's what a lot of people mess up at. They, you know, it's the same thing. They bring their baggage over from their last relationship along with the other things they did in that last relationship. And that's the biggest mistake you can make. Yeah, got you. Yeah, leave that stuff behind. Yeah. Not let something positive came out of it. If you did something in that last relationship that was positive, then yes. Okay. Anything negative, leave it. Right. That makes a lot, you know, get rid of the baggage, right? He lived within the baggage. Yeah. You know, that's why they have that little saying now, a, a woman scorned. A woman is going to always continue to be scorned if she don't leave that baggage in the back. Got in it. In the past. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's profound. Yeah, I, uh, all men are the same. That, that's true. I, I heard a, I heard this relationship uh, guru say that, you know, some men are paying for uh, another guy's mistakes like mm-hmm. you know maybe 15 years ago or something like exactly. that you know? and, uh, exactly. and 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 which is unfortunate mm-hmm. you know I can I can sympathize uh, with anybody who's you know male or female who's been in a bad relationship they've been hurt mm-hmm. damaged and so trust is is difficult you know yes but, but trust is difficult yeah but but go ahead. Yeah. Go, I'm sure you're about goes back to the beginning. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, you yeah. have to, the commu- that's what I mean with the communication because, you know, sometimes it's very, that's why you have to get to know the person you're with. Okay. You know, a lot of people are secretive and they may not talk about things that happened in their past, but you would be surprised that the reason why they act in the way they act is because of stuff that may have happened to their past or what they see in their past. Right. You see a lot of kids, they see their, a lot of males, they may see their father beating their mother. They be, they think that's normal and what will happen is they get older they will beat their woman you know what I'm saying you hear kids say all the time I'm not going to do those same things I'm not going to do that soul's thing but sometimes becomes such a learned behavior over time yes you would do it you know unconsciously right right you yeah. know, so you have to heal, and that's what I, something. That's what I tell a lot of my single um, clients that I see as well. You have to heal things that didn't happen to you, yeah, in order for you to have a healthy anything, a healthy you, a healthy right. relationship, a healthy marriage. Right. You got to heal yourself. Right. You start with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 you know I've heard that many times before, Tasha. Mm-hmm. That you know it's impossible. For you to love someone else, if you, you you haven't you haven't dealt with yourself yet, exactly. You know you got to get yourself exactly. together before you can even think of love truly loving somebody else. Exactly. Uh, and so that exactly. you know you it's like again in preparation for you know my my books are like are like my you know it's I, I become married to a book as I go along, you know. And I get to I in in advance though what I'm doing I have to pre- prepare for that book before I can actually write it, you know I have to do a lot of research, I have to um, think about the topic what I want to say, you know I got to have goals, and it's the same way with a relationship, you know it's uh, I mean you got to be prepared, you know it's it's not uh, because together you know you got to you you will be writing writing memories together so to speak you know. Uh, in a figurative way, you know, it's, and so do you, will those memories be good or bad? Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to depend on, you know, again, you know, your attitudes towards, towards women or, or men. Um, and, you know, uh, just your whole self image and all these things that go into being an adult. And, and like we said, 
like we're really talking about here, being intimate, which mm-hmm. is uh, something that God, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to, yes. you know, make love to a person that you care about. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, uh, you know, that brings a married couple even closer together. Exactly. Uh, and it's it's God's gift, you know. Exactly. Uh, so it's, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, and you've really, uh, the next part of the interview, I wanted to talk about the way the sessions go, but we've mm-hmm. really kind of touched on that. Uh, I know you talked about how in the beginning you like to separate the, the wife mm-hmm. and the husband and then. But something I found interesting in my research is that, uh, and I think you, you again, you kind of touched on this, but uh, in an article, I read that you you guys give your clients a, a kind of homework. Uh, can you kind of give me an idea of some things that you have your clients do outside of a session with you that you check in, you say, well, we will revisit this when we you know, when we come together again, what is some type of assignment, so to speak, that you give your clients to do? Yeah, you know, like I, you know, like I said earlier, with the you know, go home and uh, you know, make love to the mind. So okay. when we come back, you know, the next session we go, I'm gonna ask you, what did you do? Okay. You know, so what steps did you take? What did you learn about this person? Got it. You know, what did you discover? Because a lot of times when they go home and do that particular homework, they discover things about each other that they never knew. Right. You know, in a year before, right? Or even I may give them homework when I'm like, okay, you know, and the next time you guys are off, just make a day about you too. Yeah. You know, wake up and make each other breakfast and, t- and talk about the day before. Okay. You know, lunch time, same thing. Eat lunch together. Right. Talk right. about what's going on. That right. night, talk about you. You do because I want you guys to learn each other. I right. want you guys to know something. When you guys come back. Every time, you know, whatever homework, I want you to tell me something about your spouse that you never knew. Right. And I have had couples that have been together 15 years. Wow. And didn't know some of the stuff that they would come back and share with me. Oh, my goodness. That is. And so, that's something. Lack of communication. Absolutely. That's, that says a mouthful. I mean, yeah. uh, it's. And, and, you know, that's that's typical of human nature. We mm-hmm. we never know. You know, I didn't know your story uh, and we'll be, you know, that you were into sex therapy and, and you know, and our next topic that we're going to get on, you know, it's amazing what you find out. You never know a person's story you never un- know. until you uh, take the time to do so, you know, uh, and that's that's the important thing. Uh, and, you know, another thing, Mr. Holden, I, I, I discovered, too, when I'm talking with, uh, you know, my married couples is that they don't, I tell them, y'all gonna have to break the chain of selfishness. Okay. You know, sometimes a person can be so selfish and caught up in themselves that they don't really care to know really what's going on with the other person. Okay. Gotcha. And a lot of times that is also a learned behavior. Okay. You know, you again, you know, you grew up in a home where your father was in control. Your father was the head of the household. He did everything. Okay. Your wife, you know, the, your mother couldn't say nothing until the father gave her permission. Okay. And so, and a lot of guys, they grow up with that same mindset. Oh, and God. so it's like, if you're, you know, when your wife comes to you crying, you're like, dude, I don't want to hear that. Okay. Got Man you. Up. Got you. 
you know, yeah. what you crying for? Yeah. You know, this the selfishness. Right. And a lot of people have and I tell you, you won't have to break that chain of selfishness. If you truly love the person that you are with, you're gonna have to break that chain of selfishness. You're gonna have to take somebody else's feelings and emotions in consideration. Yes. Everybody's raised differently. You may be hard in this area, but that doesn't mean your wife or your girlfriend is hard in that area. Okay. So you have to be an ear sometimes. And a lot of times what a lot of people feel is like they have to go into therapist mode. And you first of all, you got to be trying to be that. Okay. So a lot of people will automatically feel like they're going to have to go into this therapist mode where they got their, you know, answer every question that the person may ask. But a lot of times a person just wants to vent. A person just want to express their stuff. They don't necessarily always want someone to respond or answer or give them advice. Exactly. And um, and that's because I tell my clients at the end of the day, you cannot give each other advice because everybody handles things differently. Right. Right. You have to be the support so I, I can't tell you to hey I would not pay you know what I'm saying I wouldn't pay my light bill okay I go to the grocery store first you know what I'm saying that may work for me but that doesn't mean that that is going to work for you absolutely so you right. have, that's why it's important that you learn what is is right for you right right you know, Absolutely. and that's a lot of people have, the, and they have the issues in the marriages too as well because you know the husband want to tell you, look, don't go shopping. Okay. You shouldn't have to tell your wife not to go shopping. That should be automatic. If you if it, if it comes to paying a bill versus going to buy some shoes. Okay. Right. But don't come to her like she's your child. Okay. Right. You know, and right. that's what happened. A lot of them talk to each other like they mother and father. Right. It's not a relationship. Right. Right. Uh, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That Break makes the chain of selfishness. So let me ask you this, uh, mm-hmm. Tasha. Uh, when, in your professional opinion, what at what point do you think it's time for somebody to come see somebody like you? When when might somebody be well advised to see a sex therapist? Uh, when you get to that point where you start going asking everybody else what you need to do to save your marriage, mm. that, that that's having issues with their marriages themselves. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I see a wow. lot of people do that. Yeah. Wow. That... Somebody else is having issues, but their marriage can't help you. The blind leading the blind. Exactly. Wow. And so when you feel the need to go ask your friend is having issues, that means you need to be finding somebody professional. Hey. Yeah. Wow, that I, I like that. That makes that makes mm-hmm. sense because that's symptomatic of mm-hmm. a problem. If you're if you're already asking, you know, and not to mention asking somebody who's unqualified, exactly. Uh, then that that's a symptom of yeah, it's time for some help. Yeah, that. It's time for some uh, help. So let me. So of all the people that you've that you've worked with, uh, what 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 percentage would you say of a success rate, so to speak? quote unquote because success looks different to everybody mm-hmm. but just in general uh what kind of feedback have you gotten from your clients let's say six months to a year from you know your last session with them you know um you know in the field of counseling <laughs> if you can do if you can help one person okay okay um, because you know everybody's not going to be helped and everybody's not going to want to be helped it's right. something that you need to want yourself you know in order for it to be successful okay but I definitely have had I would just I'm gonna give a low number out of 50% um, 
I would say maybe a good 35. Okay. Yeah. That sounds... And that even after I discharged them, they still, they would call me um, later and be like, I just want you to let you know that we're still happy. We're still taking the advice that you gave us. Everything is good. Everything is lovely. Um, I actually... Um, I also, uh, because I, you know, I don't discriminate, I don't judge. I also work with, um, you know, capable, you know, other sex, same sex. Okay. Gotcha. As well. And so, um, I actually, um, you see, when did they get engaged? So I, said, I haven't seen them for maybe about a year and they got engaged in, um, March of this year. Okay. Um, and it was a, you know, it was a journey, you know, and even, you know, you know, they invited me to the engagement party and was like, you know, we are here because of you. Okay. You know, being yeah. supportive. Gotcha. And so, um, so I get a lot, so, actually, but you know, but there has been some that I had to discharge because they wasn't, you know, they wasn't doing their homework or they wasn't taking it serious or, you know, the husband was doing it because the wife forced him or vice versa. And so whenever right. they come into my office and, and they say to me, well, my wife forced me. I'm like, well, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to end this now. Gotcha. Because okay. I need both of you guys saying I'm here because I want to be helped, not right. because the other person forced me. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm now when it comes to picking a therapist, uh, mm-hmm. have you ever in certain situations felt that someone else would would be uh, better suited to help? Maybe someone in you you know one of your colleagues in the field would be better suited to help a particular couple. Yes. Okay. Um, I and I'm very good for that. You know, um, I do know a lot of people may not practice that but I do because okay. I want to I want to help a person regardless if, if it's me or someone else doing it right. so if I feel like I'm not a good match for that person I will recommend or refer them to go to someone that I know is good okay and that will be better suited okay um, so it's okay. I have no issues with it but it's again it's you know but going to seek help from a counselor is like buying a car okay you have to research it Right, right. So, and you're not, you're not mandated. It's, you're not required. If you were a counselor and you're not happy with that counselor, you can leave. Okay. You know, I would recommend that you go find a counselor that's going to match your needs. Right. Versus you staying there the whole time and nobody's benefiting. Got it. Because I have seen that happen too. They have stayed there, uh, the entire sessions and never get anything out of it. Wow. So I tell people before you do that, treat it like you're shopping for a car. Research, interview. You can also interview your counselors. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, you can do that to see if this counselor is for you. That, wow! I love it. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it, and I love the fact that you are humble enough to, you know, pass the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, It reminds me of Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, (laughs) when he played with the Lakers, he was he was famous for. Uh, passing the ball, he was he was uh, he made so many assists, um, and um, you have to do that in life. Yeah, it's like it reminds me uh, when I write a manuscript before I publish. Um, I, I normally, with the exception of my last book, uh, the Damascene Court, um, which was it was about honor killings in the Islamic culture, but I just did that one on my I, on my own. I, I didn't get anybody to read it. 
but for the most part i do appreciate the feedback of my beta readers uh just like right now uh with my current book that's uh that i plan to put out i think i told you about it in april on on the anniversary of the rwandan genocide um i have a couple of my niger of my african friends reading it uh to give me feedback on it so um and and so it i sell that to say uh it's not a one-man show uh when it comes to getting a good product out there a good service like yours you know um we we have to it's 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 wise to seek the you know the advice the counsel of other people you know um and so it's uh yeah uh now uh charging charges like what how how do you charge as a sex therapist you in particular is it a by the half hour by the the hour how do you charge and and how much do you charge if you don't if you would like to go into that well at this time um i only do uh cash payments okay all right and um what i do because i know that times are hard and you know and i experienced what it's like to want to seek help or looking for a counselor and because you know a lot of people feel like oh my god i gotta pay this counselor 200 dollars an hour i can't afford that right right and um and i took that all in consideration when i decided to you know help my clients so i i go by actually their um income Okay, okay. So um, I will, you know, so they can just show me, uh, you know, the last couple of pay stubs and, you know, and show me the bills. And, you know, so I will, you know, so I will make my uh, determination off of that. So I have had clients that only had to pay $5. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so I definitely try to be understanding of the economy and, um, you know, and, and what people have going on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, um, definitely, but, you know, definitely cash at this time. Okay. <laughs> but I gotcha. definitely go by the income. Okay. Got you. Um, is, do you, how, do you advertise or how do you, how do you get your clients? Well, uh, my clients are, you know, mainly through um, word of mouth. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm really a private private. Okay. And so, Got it. Um, a lot of people that I do work with, they are, um, a lot of them, you know, are in positions where they don't want nobody to know that they are seeking. Uh. Uh, counseling so um and so that's why i decided to do you know cash payment so it won't be you know someone can't come to my office and say okay let me see your books got it and so um so it's pretty much through you know word of mouth if somebody you know i have my cars out there you know i will you know um but you know someone can recommend and i will you know reach out to them as well but um, as of right now, because I want to keep it private for my clients, and which a lot of them appreciate the fact that's how I, you know, that's part of why I have a lot of clients because of that fact. I try not to uh, really advertise myself. Okay. Uh, for everybody, so um, okay. they can always reach out to you. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Some right. assistance. I'm sorry. If they need some assistance, they can always reach out to you. You're and uh, you can reach out to me. Okay, that's that sounds that sounds fair. Sounds yeah. fair. Okay, now uh, let's uh, for the uh, also I I want to also move into our next 
you know, the second uh, portion of our interview that we had discussed. Uh, we wanted to start with something lighter, and uh, but uh, you, uh, there were some things that happened in your life uh, as a foster child um, that I thought people should hear about, uh, so that they they are not under the illusion that um, foster children are all safe, you know, with their foster parents. I I, I was I, I'm appalled and and frightened. Uh, for children, I, my heart is it, it bleeds. You know when I hear, when I heard your story, uh, and read and read, you know the, the the research in preparation for the interview with you. Um, and so, what are some things that happened uh, in your life as a foster child that uh, motivated you to go into the field uh, that you're in now, sex therapy? You know, um, just witnessing the sexual abuse that a lot of kids uh, have, you know, experienced while they are in uh, foster care. Okay. Um, uh, females and males. Uh, it didn't matter if they was four year, four years old, or ten years old, or sixteen. Mm. And um, and it was a lot of times it was just like you know uh, other adults knew what was going on, but they were so uh, worried about that monthly paycheck they have for, um, you know, having foster kids that they just, no one ever did anything. Wow. Oh my. And so, um, and, 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 and when you go through stuff like that, you know, you, you start looking at things differently. You yeah. look at yourself differently. Right. Um, you, you feel worthless, you know, a lot of women, that's why they keep, you know, a lot of women stay single. That's why a lot of women, oh, oh, even sometimes when they get married, they, you know what I'm saying, they they desire or they want to be intimate. It's just not there because right. a lot of things trigger um, that, that moment. You know, a lot of people don't realize, even though it happened at six years old, when you're 30 or 40, right. you know, something can trigger you. Right. So you think back to that moment when you was helpless and nobody helped you and no one understood or, you know, so, um, and just, and that's what led me into in this area to, to be able to, um, assist people right. um, that had been through that and is going through that because it still exists today, yeah. believe it or not. And it's a lot of boys and girls out here. They're afraid to talk about it because they're embarrassed or they don't want nobody to judge them. Right. And so, um, so that was that led me to want to, you know, become a sex therapist and take the training that I needed in order to successfully be able to, you know, teach all clientele because, you know, uh, this happens in all races. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that they they feel like, oh, this only happened to this particular race because of their parents being, you know, not around or, you know, unfit. That's right. not always the case. You can have a parent that's always there and they still do the same. Right. Wow. You know, black or white, Asian, Hispanic, yeah. everybody go through it. Wow. And so, um, you know, and so that was me. Like, I... I you know, from experience and seeing it, you know, just, you know, being in the room at a time when the kids were, you know, some of the girls and boys were getting raped. Oh, my And I'm sitting there on the bed, you know, shaking, scared to death, hoping that I'm not next. Right. Oh, you know, my um, I didn't, I had a lot of fosters and brothers that were, you know, uh, when they became adults, they just couldn't live with the idea and they committed suicide. So, oh, um, a lot of it, you know, that, 
opened up me to say, you know, I want to be able to help people because uh, when I was younger, I couldn't do it then. So I'm going to make sure I do it now. Yeah. Wow. Oh and, uh, and so I'm a biggest, I'm a big advocate. I'm that type that, hey, did you say what was going on now? I have to investigate before I kick in the door. But, you know, yeah. after I did the investigation <laughs> and it is proven that this is what's going on. Yes, I'm advocating. I'm yeah. going to do whatever it takes. Right. In order to make sure this child is no longer being harmed or an adult. Yeah. Wow. You know, and so that's what led me down that path. Hey, that's um it's um yeah it's a touching touching um you know testimony to just your resilience um and how god good god is oh, uh, that he he uh, he gives us you know the power beyond what's normal uh mm-hmm. you know mental emotional uh physical strength to endure those types of things and it, it's it's um unspeakable that um you have predators out there uh who are supposed to be protecting you and you know knowing you've already come from a a situation of neglect or Mm -hmm. uh abuse and they turn around and do the same thing and they do the same thing or if not worse maybe right i mean Mm -hmm. i mean it's uh and, and i was like i told you before the interview i mean i read about the even the financial exploitation, you know, they're mm-hmm. using the the stipends that they that they get from uh, the you know defects, you know, Department of Family and Children's Services, or you know, they have, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, just I was agreeing with you. Like, yeah. Even that, like you know, you may have, you know, because I, you know, I'm from up north, so yeah. You know, um, especially in New York, I mean, you know, it, it, it was a big thing to have foster kids. You know, a yeah. lot of people have foster kids, you yeah. know, but yeah. and they would may have like 10, 15 foster kids in one home. Yeah. And so they getting some good money. But right. did the foster kids see it? No. Did we have beds to sleep in? No. Oh, did we wow. have food to eat? No. Which goes yeah. back to something you told me again, uh, pre-interview. You know, it's it seems to be all about the money. Yes. It's all about the money. Wow. Um, you know, even when you have, like, you know what I mean? Because you, you know, you, you do have, like, you, the social workers that do come out and do the checks. Right. And um, right. they see it's everything okay. And kids, you know, um, in the beginning, it starts off, okay, I'm telling the social worker what's going on. And the social worker writing it down. But you, the social worker never comes back to get you. The, no one never comes to remove you at the home. Right. And so as you get older, you start realizing, you know, 16, 17, like, really, everybody is in this together. It's a money thing. Right. You know, right. the government want to look good, or the state, rather. The right. state want to look good. To, you know what I'm saying? And get these fundings and do whatever they're doing with the, with the money. Right. As well as the foster parents. You know, they're getting all this money, but they're not using it properly. Right. So you may go to school hungry, and you sitting in there, and they want you to come in there and do schoolwork, yeah. but your stomach is growling. You Because so, you haven't eaten in two or three days, you're not trying to do no schoolwork. Right, right. You want to go in the cafeteria and eat. Wow. So what you gonna do? You gonna you gonna be rebellious. You gonna act out of school. So somebody send you to the office, hoping while you sitting in the office, if they got some candy and a candy jar on their yeah. desk, you can reach in there and eat the candy because you you trying to eat. My goodness. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, it I I I you know, 
I know, you know, even though I'm a writer, I think you, you could write a book uh, or two, you know, about your experiences. I mean, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's crazy, you know, that you had to go through all these, all these things that you did, you know, um, it, rem- it reminds me of my book, Nigel Baby, uh, in Nigel Baby, which is uh, set in Nigeria, um, for anybody familiar with Nigerian culture, Niger, N-A-I-J-A refers to anything Nigerian or, or the country of Nigeria. And I came up with that title um, because, um, you know, I found out that uh, I found out about this illegal uh, baby farming or baby factories in Nigeria and around the world. And what happens, Tasha and, and my audience, what I found out is that uh, they kidnap women or young ladies and with the promise of a job as a nanny or what have you. And they end up uh, holding them hostage and impregnating them and then selling the babies. Uh, Yeah, selling the babies to, you know, parent uh, parents are either they're, you know, infertile or uh, in Nigerian culture, uh, being childless is it's kind of a taboo. And so uh, they would go to the they would become desperate uh, to impress you know, extended family. Uh, and so they would, yeah, go to the black market, buy, buy a child. Um, you know, that is a result of, you know, really rape because these young ladies are, are, you know, they're unwilling. They're only in it because they, they're hoping that they'll get a breadcrumb off the sale, you know, of the, of the baby. Uh, oftentimes the baby is taken right out of their hands. They never, you know, they, they, there's no time to bond with the child, any of that. And uh, in Niger, what well, I'm sorry. I was just saying that is sad. Yeah, it's it's terrible, and uh, it's uh, I've seen, you know, in preparation for the writing the book, and also um, afterwards, you know, the people getting busted, and you see just the chattel, you know, of of young ladies. You know, some of them haven't have yet to even give birth. You know, they but they're all you know impregnated by these men who are running, running these baby farms, or you know baby factories, um, and it's it's just again a form of exploitation um, for the sake of making a dollar. You know, and it's it's which for me uh, it reminds me of how important an education is. Uh, having finding gainful employment um, to take care of yourself because poverty it breeds crime I'm a firm believer in that and so if you lack if you lack an education if you lack uh, that uh, that self that drive that go-getting attitude to make something of yourself well you end up on the wrong side of the law oftentimes uh, because you end up, you're idle. You 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 have nowhere to go. If you don't have a job, you have, you, you don't have anything to do. But you have, you only have time, you know. And so um, you end up doing things that that hurt other people. Um, and I, you know, I I thank God that He allowed you. Just like I told my sister when I did my COVID and um, you know alcohol um, podcast with her. 
uh, it's I thank God that I'm able to talk to you now in the after effect, you know, um, not that I knew you years ago, but it's it's good to have you here. Uh, I think you're you're yeah, you are a you know educated black woman, uh, deep thinker, um, and you you are you. Uh, and uh, it's um, so I, I thank you for so much for um, sharing your time today. That it's meant meant a lot. It's been insightful, and I hope that somebody out there has been enlightened as well. Um, uh, before we leave, do you have any closing comments on either topic that we covered today? Sex therapy, uh, the foster care system, uh, or or both. Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here. That's great. And um, I just want to just say that, you know, I mean, it's hard. You know, life, growing, learning is hard. Yes. But believe in yourself. Okay. And know that God is there. Yes. Even when you, you could be sometimes... You know, back when I was younger, I used to be so depressed sometimes. And, you know, and I used to do stuff over and over and over. Like, and I would be like, I always felt like, you know, God is no longer looking over me. God is not watching me. You know, I, I'm yeah. not too bad. You know, I, I'm, I'm this kid that's, you know, but God is always there. Yes, absolutely. Always. I don't care how dark it may be. I don't care what's going on in your life. Always know that God is there and he's just waiting for you. Absolutely. And I, I and it's thank I love those words and I hope that anybody out there uh, who is in foster care or has known um, you know about these stories, you know, will get the word out and and do what they can to help these victims, these children, and even, you know, young people. I I, I found I found out that I, I think you age out at 19. Am I right? Yes, you do. Yeah, so, um, uh, and, and, and that's it. Like, and you know, yeah. you haven't. And a lot of these kids, when they age out, they have nowhere to go. They wow. have no family. Wow. You know, a lot of times with a, a child, like when I was put in, um, I, well, you know, the conversation we had before about my biological mother, yeah. she left me in the hospital. Oh, wow. So, yeah, wow. and so she left. And so, and I just transitioned over into, you know, the, the state became my parent after that. Wow. So, a lot of times, you know, that's what would happen with a lot of kids the parents would just leave them yeah and so at 19 they have no one they have nowhere to go so wow. a lot of these kids end up out on the streets they end up doing drugs they end up becoming prostitutes you know so you know i i just feel i'm, I'm just hoping you know just from this podcast that you know people listen they reach out yes before they age out you know right. so they know that they have somebody yes and i i felt i heard that it it, some kids, they're like a third of kids. They may end up waiting like three years before they're adopted, or exactly. uh, so it's it's um it's a serious thing, and I, you know, and I, I I've thought of adopting before. Um, it's I, I I had an aunt; she was looking at adopting, and uh, so it's uh yeah, so it's um it's something to look into. So it's it, it's uh thank you again. For um, being my guest, Tasha, and um, and uh, yeah, 
and you you have you guys have a wonderful rest of, of the of the evening it's friday evening uh thank you guys as always for listening to my podcast your support means the world to me uh thank you for purchasing my books uh tasha has bought one or two and i thank her for her support uh you guys it means the world to me that i can share my my writing uh with you guys um you can find my work on an amazon nearest you um in 14 different countries and i've seen including the united arab emirates um thank you guys everywhere uh for supporting me carlton holden as a writer um i have a couple projects again i'm working on the one on the rwandan genocide and also have uh, book 16 i'm working on um i won't reveal the topic yet but i'm busy with that uh so hopefully next year i'll have uh two books that i'll be dropping uh to everybody who is a fan um and so again guys i'm about to sign off this is writer carlton holden you guys be blessed take care of yourselves bye-bye